and welcome to Afterworks Social Distancing Edition. Due to what's going on around the world, Suleiman and I have taken it upon ourselves to continue with our episodes, but remotely. What we'll be doing is looking back on our previous 10 episodes with our guests and reflecting on the conversations we had. Today's episode, we reflect on the conversation we had with Ahmed and we'll be looking at the themes of friendship and being an underdog. Suleiman, how's your week? My week was good, bro. Um, thank you for asking. It's been a really interesting, historic week for us all, I, can, I imagine. But I've tried my best to keep busy. My friend sent me a link to an online portal with hundreds of free lectures from Ivy League universities in America. So I, I kind of scanned through the list and I saw this one lecture series from Harvard on the topic of justice. I've watched two lectures so far on, on justice and what does justice mean um, the lecturer was really good. He was going through different ideas such as consequentialist moral reasoning and categorical moral reasoning. He used like a really famous story, like a famous dilemma that I'm sure you're aware of about whether it's permissible for a man who, let's say he's in a, let's say he's on a train or he's in a car and he's about to run over five people, but he has the option of turning right and killing one person instead is that the most morally permissible act but yeah man that's what i've been up to um how has your week been one thing i found just fascinating is the way that what this virus has forced the world to do is put health as the most important thing and economics as almost in the back seat the virus by definition will, we will not be safe from unless other people are safe from it as well and so this idea of our health being intimately tied to the health of others really um, makes me think about what Mubin said in one of our previous episodes about the individualistic society versus the, the collective society. Um, and what I feel like we're going through right now is uh, we're being forced to think as a collective and not individualistically, which is which is pretty hard for for. Um, a nation that's been told throughout their history or throughout their modern history at least that um, if you pull yourself up from your bootstraps then you can go out and, and do whatever you need to do now it's more about if you and your neighbors pull themselves up from their bootstraps at the same time then maybe you can get somewhere so that's been really that's been really interesting to see unfold and of course i'm not exempt from that i too have to also think more as a collective living in college at the moment or being back home you have to make sure that what you do and how you act takes into account the acts and intentions and thoughts of others it reminds me of something my teacher said to me yesterday about how it's interesting that the government is acknowledging the importance of medical professionals, social carers, teachers, and that there's no sign of stockbrokers, lawyers, or investment bankers being the essential workers. And I feel like that's really interesting um, to think about. Our conversation with Ahmed was really, really nice to look back at. My first reflection whilst watching the video is that I need a haircut <laughs> because my hair was looking nice in that video. But right now, with the current self-isolation, <laughs> it's a bit it's a bit scruffy. I chose the theme of being an underdog. I saw that theme quite a few times throughout our conversation such as whilst he was working hard on his history coursework. I was one time, I was trying to bang out coursework for GCSEs, yeah? And then, like, I was putting his shifts in <laughs> And then one guy was like, what, you think you're going to get somewhere with that? <laughs> <laughs> I can't lie. 
And the guy was going to try and do football. And I, uh, yeah, it's I'll always where, the football, isn't it? It's always the football. And I'm like, come, I'll see where you go. Yeah, and I'm going to go. And I can't, I was burnt inside. Or when he asked his teacher in secondary school about how to get a grade higher than a C. In my secondary school, it was just like, oh, yeah. Do you know how they do um, targets? Like, to get a C grade, you need to do this. Oh, one never went above a C. It's just like, if you're aiming for a C, like, this is what you need. Yeah, yeah, and then I'll be like, like, yo, miss, what do I need to do to get a B or A? Yeah? And she'll be like, nah, don't worry, you're fine, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so true, it's so true. It, it was the most so frustrating true. thing in my life. Nah, it was so the biggest true. setup, yeah, I swear down. Nah, and I totally that understand That has repercussions. Why that has real repercussions, uh, bro. bro. Because, like... An underdog is someone who is expected to fail. And in both scenarios, Ahmed was somewhat, in my opinion, undermined by his friend and undermined by his teacher who expected him to fail. So the question I went away and thought about after reflecting on that theme was whether there was an upside of being an underdog. So I did some digging and I came across a professor called Samir Nur Mohammed. Um, he's a professor of management at the University of Pennsylvania in America. And his research shows that people who feel like underdogs and believe that others do not expect them to be successful are much more likely to do well and perform at higher levels than those who have neutral or high expectations. Now, I don't know about you, Sadadeen, but for me, that kind of makes sense. Um, like based off my own life experience, where I felt like I needed to work hard to prove other people wrong, and also through my engagement with the world of sports, like looking at people like Muhammad Ali, who famously knocked out George Foreman despite everyone thinking that he was too old and too weak. So like being an underdog for me has always been like a positive thing. Uh, but it was nice to see that the research backed that up. With that being said, the professor Samir, he does add a few caveats. He does say that expectations spark a desire for the underdog to prove others wrong, but its effect is dependent on how credible they believe the observer to be. So if the person who is undermining mine or your potential is someone we believe to be highly credible, then this is likely to increase our anxiety and be detrimental to our performance, which, which, which does make sense. So with all of that being said, I wanted to ask you a question. Has there ever been a particular instance in your life where you felt like an underdog and has that been beneficial for your performance? When I was in sixth form and my head of year stopped me in the common room and almost announcing it to the to the rest of the room he said Saladin I don't think you're gonna pass this year I think you're gonna fail actually I remember that moment quite vividly and it definitely did spur me on what you said about how you view the person and and the effect the effect that will have on how you take their words is definitely true because I felt like because this head of year didn't know me very well they never taught me it was more easy to dismiss what they said because it wasn't personal it was it was perhaps um, an observation they made through their experiences and the patterns they've seen in previous students and applying that experience to me so for me it was definitely easier to dismiss than it would have been a teacher that I've had for a number of years what's interesting is that same teacher went on to be my history teacher and um, went on, I went on to have a really good relationship with that teacher and he he helped me a great deal when it came to coursework and he was definitely I would consider one of the most formative uh, teachers I've had um, throughout my education so it's interesting how um, those sort of relationships can can twist and turn but it definitely reminds me also of our episode we had with Sufyan and, and Sufyan mentioned he enjoyed being the underdog and, and for him it was it was him moving from a, 
an advantageous position in that he had less to lose and more to prove and for him that spurred him on and motivated him the most so I do think it works differently for different people so my reflection as I said is is to do with the theme of friendship more particularly the way others perceive us and how that makes us think about ourselves Ahmed spoke about in a couple of moments about friendships one point was about himself having to uh, finding himself at a crossroads with a group of friends literally one of the guys I was with grabbed that shank out of his pocket and then banged the wall he's like ah oh, should have found him I like bro you that criminal law in it yeah you know about joint enterprise <laughs> <laughs> bro like I looked, I looked at that yeah and I was just like rah rah yeah uh. and then I realised that actually I would have no idea like this was going to happen like, alhamdulillah we didn't find the person yeah and then also I looked at the reactions of everyone I was with mm. and none of them were surprised mm. and I'm just like is this what you are not on <laughs> say say the other was with his group of friends going to the LSE library very early in the morning we had a way to get into LSE library legitly and then we were there from nine in the morning to nine in the evening. Yeah, yeah. proper shifts, yeah. Every day, every day. And like certain people there, yeah, I, we like we grew, our friendship groups grew bigger because there was people that were doing it as well. We'd go to Sainsbury's, yeah, get cornflakes, yeah. And then we get the, do you know the plastic salad bowl? We use that, yeah, and we someone buys milk and we're all having cornflakes there. No Bye. way. And the third was his time having a conversation with Kazumi about another individual. The one time I realised even I'm at fault for doing it, yeah, is so I'm with Kazumi and I'm with someone else. Uh, it was, uh, probably me and Kazumi. And then I realised one guy from my second year was trying to rap, yeah, and I didn't really like his rap it. So I was just like, oh, like, look how dead he is, yeah. <laughs> and Kazumi looked at me, and this is the reason why you need good friends, yeah. Mm. Like, he looked at me, he goes, he's trying to, he's trying to do something, and he's working for it, yeah. That's Regardless what it's about, and then I felt so guilty because I'm yeah. just like, how can I shame hard work here? Because yeah, it makes it. you realise that you think you're sick or whatever. Yeah, like, it, yeah. All three of these different experiences with friends show a, a different side of how friends viewed Ahmed and how they treated him and what they expected of him. And this led me to, to reflect on Charles Horton Cooley's looking glass self theory. This theory basically centred around how we think of ourselves based on how we think others think of us and this really shapes the decisions we end up making because ultimately um, we are social animals uh, in the words of Aristotle in the first instance with um, Ahmed's group of friends when he decided to leave that group of friends because he had to begin to make more serious decisions about his life the group of friends had an expectation of Ahmed that they believed he would fulfill and that expectation was was a particular kind that Ahmed didn't see himself fulfilling so he looked at how they view him based on how they acted and he made a decision to leave that group of friends but when it came to the um, LSE examples um, with a group of friends that were waking up really early um, working really hard to achieve that goal of, of succeeding in, in, in their educational pursuits they saw Ahmed in a different light and I think it all comes to a head in the final example with his conversation with Kazumi Kazumi challenging Ahmed about how he spoke about another individual to not shame the hard work of that individual holding Ahmed to in a higher regard is probably one of the most impactful experiences that you can have with friends because oftentimes it's not about how they're treating you when things are going fine and easy it's it's more when they challenge you and when they know based on how their interactions with you go that you can do a bit better than that so for me it was that challenging from Kazumi that um, really made me think about how others perceive us and what that means 
for our decision-making abilities. The proof's in the pudding for Ahmed in terms of um, the decisions he's gone on to make. And we can see that from the episode. I mean, he's become more and more ambitious. He ends the episode by saying, if your goal isn't the biggest thing you can think of, then um, I don't think your goal is big enough. It's definitely food for thought. And on that, Suleiman, I have a question for you. We all think about uh, how others think about us. To what extent should we allow this to shape the decisions that we make? I feel like this links to another conversation we had with Omar Salha about like the master-slave relationship and how it, we, it can be very dangerous for us to take the, the word or opinion of someone else as gospel. Work every single day to try to please another individual because that kind of creates problematic power dynamics between you and other people you need to make sure that you're happy with the decisions you make every day because you I mean you're the one that's going to be living with this with the consequences it's, it's important to reflect on the on the advice and the comments that are made by your friends especially friends that you trust because like you said which i 100 percent agree with a real sign of close friendship is when they feel comfortable and they feel confident enough to correct your behavior or to challenge you because in order for you to challenge someone you need to feel like your opinion matters and you need to feel like that person will listen to you essentially as well yeah it's an interesting one to think about absolutely that brings us to the end of our two reflections before we leave we just like to say we hope that you are all in good health and your families are in good health in these testing times look after yourselves that is it for this week to keep in touch follow us on facebook instagram twitter YouTube, Spotify and Apple Podcast. That's Afterwork underscore UK on Instagram and Twitter and Afterwork Podcast everywhere else. If you took even one thing away from this episode, give us a review on Apple Podcasts and comment on our YouTube video. Any thoughts or suggestions for future episodes, DM us on our socials or shoot us an email at afterwork258 at gmail.com. In any case, See you same time, same place next week.